Welcome to this exciting sermon from World Impact Community Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more sermons and resources, please do visit us at wscc.in. Good morning, everyone. Good to be here. Uh, another day in the presence of the Lord, right? Nowhere like His presence. Uh, this morning, I have a word in my heart. Many of you would have seen the poster. Uh, what do you see? If it was in the Malayalam service, uh, Pastor Joe and I were both wearing pink, uh, and we had lots of pink and orange, so you would have said, lots of pink. Uh, so again, I think I'm lots of colors behind me. But that's not what I want to talk about. Uh, I want to talk about, about another kind of seeing. Let me start with this interesting uh, phenomenon. The dress is a photograph that became a viral phenomenon on the internet in 2015. Many of you would have seen it or, uh, at some point. About a week before the wedding of a couple in Scotland, the bride's mother took a photograph of a dress that she planned to wear at the wedding and sent it to her daughter. After disagreements over the perceived color of the dress in the photograph, the bride posted the image on Facebook and her friends also disagreed over the color. The image soon became viral and was described by the Washington Post as the drama that divided a planet. So we're going to take a look at the picture and I'm going to ask you guys what you see. Okay, you've seen it before. How many of you would say the dress, or what color, let me ask you, what color do you think the dress is? White and gold? Any other? Blue and black. Did we change the picture? No. It's the same picture. How many say white and gold? Up high. I want to see the percentage. Okay, maybe about 30%. How many say blue and black? Interesting? Even more interesting was something I experienced yesterday. I sent this picture to the media team, to Anish, and uh, so we were preparing to show. I wanted to make sure that, you know, different people did see the picture differently. So we had, you know, Asha said, you've started a war here because everyone was like, it's white and gold, now it's blue and black. Uh, so I sent him the picture and I said, hey Anish, this is the original picture. And I said, it looks blue to me. So I sent it to him and I went out. I came back two hours later. From the, from the sunlight uh, into the hall and I picked up my phone and I was looking at the chats and Anish's reply was, it looks white and gold to me. And I looked at the picture, it was white and gold. I said, hey, me too. And I looked at my chat and I've written, I see it as blue. So I'm like, hey, wait a minute, two hours ago I saw this as blue. And I went upstairs and I looked at it again and it was the same picture. It was blue and black. Down in my living room, it was white and gold. The actual color of the dress is blue and black. If you want to know why it looks different, so this is not magic. Nobody did anything. It's not a, it's not a picture that was uh, created to create this effect. It was, it, it was a very, very incidental finding that you can't always trust your brain. That your brain adds up information for some gaps that it may feel 
and gives you a perception that you think is reality. Viewers of the image disagreed on whether the dress depicted was colored black and blue or white and gold. The viral image became a worldwide internet meme across social media. Some articles humorously suggested that the dress could prompt an existential crisis over the nature of sight and reality. We thought we had vision all figured out till this dress came. Or that the debate could harm interpersonal relationships because people were fighting about the color. And fighting about, you know, there was no agenda behind seeing it as blue and black or white and gold. But they were still fighting about it. And others examined why people were making such a big argument over a seemingly trivial matter. So this phenomenon revealed differences in our human color perception. But how much more the realities of the things we see. Thank you for the picture. Uh, great job, guys. They really helped so much to pull this together. Uh, so this shows that two of us can see the same thing and perceive it very, very differently. What I perceive is my reality. But that reality does not necessarily have to be the truth. It does not have to be what the facts really are. So have I broken down everybody's confidence in what you believe is the truth or what you believe is right, okay? It could be, you know, you may or may not see the whole picture. You see, there are a lot of things that just influence how we perceive things uh, in just ordinary life, apart from this dress. Let me give you some research. Researchers have found that if you are obese or tired, distances look farther to you. The same distance feels farther if you're tired or if you're obese. People wearing heavy backpacks see steeper hills in front of them than those without. People listening to melancholic music, sad music, tend to think a hill looks steeper than people listening to happy music. Can you imagine? All the things that actually affect how you just perceive things in everyday life. There are so many more factors that decide how you're doing life than you realize. The presence of other people affects our perception in difficult situations too. Holding hands with someone while they are experiencing a painful event can lessen their pain. Wow. And this is an interesting one. When judges make parole decisions just before their lunch breaks or at the end of their day, they tend to deny parole. Okay? So if you want to go for parole, which I'm hoping none of you will need, make sure you're not you know, lined up just before lunch break because it's a decision that needs a lot of energy and they don't have the energy for it, they tend to deny it. We think we've got it all figured out, we think we have all the information to make our decisions, but we are influenced by a lot more things than we know in the natural then how much more in the spiritual are there things that influence us, that affect us, that we cannot see? Perception is merely a lens or a mindset from which we view things. We view people, we view events. And like I said, our perception is our reality, but it is not always the truth. And our perception decides how we live life. 
right? My limited view of life is deciding how I'm going to take decisions and how I'm going to live life. So then, how must I perceive and how must I see? How are, how are we to see then? We are to see as heaven sees. We are to have heaven's perspective. Because heaven sees things very, very differently. Amen. We all know the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, right? That's how it looks to us. But heaven sees that we're just this little ball, this planet revolving around the, the fireball of the sun. Heaven sees things differently and we need heaven's perspective. Paul called this the spirit of wisdom and revelation. In Ephesians 1 verses 17, he prays for the Ephesians church and says that I pray that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know three things, the hope of your calling, the riches of your inheritance, and the greatness of the power that is in you. He said if you would get these three things, you would live differently. If you would only see the hope of the calling that is kept for you, you wouldn't be so disturbed and troubled by the things that happen around you. If you would know the riches of the inheritance that is kept and preserved for you, you wouldn't hold on so tight to the things of this world. And if you would know the exceeding greatness of his power which works inside every single believer of Christ Jesus, we would live so much differently. We would live doing so much more. Because the eyes of our understanding are not opened to see these things. Amen? So this morning, this, the, what the Lord wants to tell us, what are you seeing? What you're seeing is deciding how you're living. And that thing that you're keeping in front of you is helping, is causing you to make those decisions. Are you seeing what heaven is seeing? Amen? There are three, you know, there are three dimensions that I want to talk about, about how we see. The first thing we need to see is how we see on the inside, how we see ourselves. How you see yourself actually decides how you see the world. Let's look at this story we're all familiar with, Numbers 13 onwards, in verses 17 onwards. The story where Moses spends, sends a group of spies right into the promised land. They have never seen Canaan before. All they know is Egypt and the wilderness. But they know that this land is the, what the Lord is giving them to possess. So Moses sends out 12 leaders. Okay, they're not just ordinary people. They were all leaders in the camp. And he sends them out to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like. Whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many. Whether the land they dwell in is good or bad whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor and whether there are forests there or not. He says, I want you to spy everything out. Look at the land, look at the people, look at the, you know, the topography, the trees, the plants. Come back, watch, you know, see everything in detail and bring back information. And bring back also some of the fruit of the land. We know the 12 spies went in. They all saw the same things. Yes? The same land, the same trees, the same people, 
the same cities. Verse 26, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. Information. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, perception, the people who dwell in the land are strong, the cities are fortified and very large. We saw the descendants of Anak there, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. Okay, so here they're still passing information. And their perception in what they said made it seem like these guys are too big. Caleb quiets the people before Moses because the people started getting, you know, there's an unrest there. And Caleb's perception, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome. And the other guy said, we are not able to go up against this people for they are stronger than we. And they gave a bad report about the land. And they added to it, the land through which we have gone as spies is the land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. They all saw the same things. While ten of them came back and said, they're too big, they're too strong, we're too small, we'll never make it, we're going to be deadbeat. Two guys said, it's so easy, we can't miss, we have more than enough to conquer this. They all saw the same things. What happened? They perceived differently. The ten guys had their lenses of fear inside. Everything went through those lenses and magnified what you know, they were already afraid of. They said the land is going to devour anybody who lives in it as well. Caleb and Joshua were like, where were these guys looking? You know, don't they see the God who is on our side? And we know the story how the, 12, the ten so disheartened Israel that they couldn't get in. But God kept these two with a vision that was so different till they, could, they finally saw what they had seen 40 years ago. Amen. You know, like Pastor says, you got to see it before you see it. They saw it. They saw them conquer, themselves conquering. Caleb goes back to Moses 80 and says to Joshua and says, Give me my mountain. I saw it 40 years ago. And I laid claim to it. I said, This one is mine. And he said, Give it to me because I've already laid claim for it. How do you perceive things around you? Very interesting statement, verses 33. We were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. The first most important thing of your perspective and what you see is what you see on the inside. How do you see yourself? If you're a grasshopper in your own sight, you're going to be a grasshopper to everybody else. If all you can see when you look inside is everything that's not going right and your failures and your weaknesses and everything that you messed up in and everything that is not going right, you're going to stay in that place and that's how you're going to be looking like to everyone else too. The Lord has not called us to be grasshoppers. Amen. 
How does heaven want to see you? How does the Lord see you? That must be your primary way of looking at yourself. I know the, there's a mismatch in the image, right? Because God calls you filled with His Spirit, born again in the image and the nature of God. You look inside like, yeah, I don't see that anywhere. Right? All I see is, you know, a lot of stuff that I have to work on every single day. Lord, when am I going to, you know, fix myself? But the word of the Lord says, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are born again by his word and by his spirit. You are filled with the Holy Spirit of God who empowers you to do those things that you can never do in your own strength. What do you see when you look inside? Do you only see yourself as a grasshopper? Or do you see yourself like the eagle the Lord sees you as? You know, heaven's perspective is so different, so different. And we see it often, you know, especially when people are given prophetic word. You know, I know know, there, there have been times in my life, at least in the early years, when I used to, you know, hear people giving word or prophetic word over people. I mean, I know that this person is a total mess. They're just walking in disobedience. They're just like, uh, you know, totally rebellious. And the prophet comes out, calls them by name, calls out their dad's name, calls out their mom's name, and starts to give them this word that's like, you know, you're amazing. You are my son, and this is what I have for you. And I'm like, Lord, is that the right person you have there? I just don't see it. But heaven sees different. I am here because heaven saw different. Amen. You're here because heaven saw different. Amen. There were so many who would have looked at you and said, Oh, nothing good is going to come out of this one. But heaven saw different and said, I see something. I see, I see gold in there. And we are here because the Lord has, has seen what we could just never ever see or believe. What do you see when you look inside? You need heaven's glasses. Because if you've got... If you're looking at yourself just the way the world is defining you or the enemy is, t- is telling you you are, you're going to be a grasshopper to yourself and to the world around you. The Lord calls you an, an eagle that's called to fly. Amen. Not the grasshopper. Right? Start changing the way you see yourself. I'm not, t- I'm not talking about positive thinking or confession here. I'm talking about aligning to what God says. If he says it, then he's, he's right. I trust him. You know, he's got universe, the whole universe, planets, galaxies, all in place. So he's got to be right, right? So if he says it, I've got to align. I've got to change the way I'm thinking. So the first thing is what you're looking, how you're looking inward. If you're not, a, you're not a grasshopper, if you... You know, Caleb and Joshua didn't see themselves as grasshoppers. Amen. They saw themselves as champions and warriors. We've got to kick these guys out of the land. We've got to take possession. That's how the Lord wants to see us to see ourselves. Secondly, the next dimension is how you see the things around you and how you see the world around you, the people around you, the situations you're going through. Are people around you a threat? Are you afraid of what they can do to you, what they did to you in the past? Are you living in, you know, in the pain of relationships that you should have let go of? You know, sometimes we can, if people hurt us or you know, we, we lose our trust in them, we can keep seeing that. All the time, right? You wake up in the morning, you're brushing your teeth, you just see that person. Oh, how could they do that to me? How could they say that to me? How could they, you know? The movie begins like right, right early in the morning. What do you see? It can be like 30 years ago, and you're still playing the movie every single day. What do you see in the people around you? What do you see in the situations around you? 
you know sometimes those difficult people are sent there by the lord can you see them as god sent to help you you know i had this time in my life where uh, you know i was just struggling with this person in a relationship and just you know just can't you know get along so one day in my room i'm just praying in tongues and praying for this person to change and lord break that power that is you know holding them and making them behave like that and blah 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 pacing my room praying in tongues uh, spiritual warfare and all of that a couple of minutes of doing that uh, you know i tired out i heard the holy spirit say this is not for them this is for you this is for you to change not for them to change so change the prayer and I, suddenly i just sat on my bed you know all the warfare was gone and i my whole perspective shifted i just saw the whole situation differently i said oh my goodness i didn't know i was the one being you know tested here i didn't know i was the one that had to change and i'm all i could see was that what that person had to fix and what that person had to do right and i changed and i prayed and i said lord don't change that person till i change i said lord i i need to use this because there's so much of you know there's so much in there that i need to work on i said lord i'm i'm not going to get a person like this again right <laughs> i'm not going to get somebody this hard to get along with uh, where will you go for that so i said okay lord i got to change i got to change and over the next couple of months i just have to had keep deciding every time i go and meet this person or interact with them that i'm going to be different i got to talk like jesus i got to act like jesus i got to think like jesus when my perspective changed how i saw that person changed we all have difficult people in our lives we can be afraid of them there are people that have you know hurt us and wounds like every single day we have we have things like that to deal with sometimes very subconsciously these people come and take center stage in our minds and we keep seeing only that and we don't realize that we because we're seeing it and we're seeing it and we're seeing it we don't realize what's happening to us what do you see is it that person or a situation joseph was put into prison and he thought 17 years my brothers did it my brothers did it they sent me here they sent me here and when he finally meets up with his brothers he puts them 3 days in prison and then he says he let them out because he feared the lord those 3 days he comes out of there and he says you sent me to prison you thought you sent me to prison but it was actually god who sent me to prison perspective changed perspective shifted it wasn't them it was him when you are whatever situation you are in maybe you're thinking you know it's because of them or it's because this happened or if they didn't do that or my parents weren't like that or my you know relatives didn't do this to me i wouldn't be here or is there another perspective did god has god placed you there so that you can learn and you can grow and he can make a champion out of you right there amen did god do it if your perspective changes and you realize that all of the stuff that i've been through the lord was there he was with me it wasn't them he allowed those things to happen so that i can grow so now let me rise up and change the way i've been looking at things amen an interesting story in scripture okay this is one of those hard to believe ones genesis 30 the power of what we see you know what we are looking at all the time is what we produce whatever i keep seeing is what comes out of me right 
So this is a story in Genesis 30 about Jacob and Laban. Uh, it's a familiar one, uh, but it's one that has really, really impacted my life the, from the time that I saw it and has made me change the way I see things. Uh, Laban was a cheat. Jacob, his son-in-law, was also a cheat and a deceiver, right? So Laban cheats Jacob uh, of 14 years of his life and makes him work for him for his two daughters, uh, Leah and Rachel. Now, after the end of 14 years, Jacob says, enough is enough. I want to go leave the father-in-law and make a name of my own. So he says, Laban, I'm going. I'm taking my kids. So here Laban is trying to make a deal. He says, oh, please don't go because of you. You know, I've been blessed. Uh, Whatever you ask, I will give you. So Jacob said, okay, you won't give me anything. Verses 31 in Genesis 30. You shall not give me anything if you will do this thing for me. I will again feed and keep your flocks. So let me pass through all your flock today, removing from there all the speckled and spotted sheep and all the brown ones among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and these shall be my wages. Very simple. So just go through all your flocks, anything that has spots and speckles and stripes or whatever, anything that is not just you know, a plain color will be mine, and all the rest will be yours. But Laban, being the bigger cheat that he was, he said, oh, definitely. Laban said, oh, that it were according to your word. Verses 35. So he removed that day the male goats that were speckled and spotted, the female goats that were speckled and spotted, everyone that had some white in it, and all the brown ones among the lambs, and gave them into the hand of his sons. And then he put three days' journey between himself and Jacob, and Jacob fed the rest of Laban's flocks. So, So he just did one of those things on Jacob again, where he takes all of this flock that Jacob said would be his, gave them to his sons and said, go, you know, as fast as you can, out of here, three days. So Jacob comes and looks at his flock, and they're all plain colors. There's no spotted, there's no speckled, there's no whatever. So he gets it, okay, father-in-law has cheated me again. And listen to what Jacob does. And Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees and peeled white strips in them and exposed the white which was in the rods. Okay? Now, don't think scientifically here, okay? And the rods which he had peeled, he set before the flocks in the gutters, in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink so that they should conceive when they came to drink. So the flocks conceived before the rods and the flocks brought forth streaked, speckled, and spotted. And then Jacob separated the lambs and made the flocks face toward the streaked and all the brown in the flock of Laban. And verse 41, whenever the stronger livestock conceived, Jacob placed the rods before the eyes of the livestock in the gutters that they may conceive among the rods. But when the flocks were feeble, he did not put them in. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So what he did was he takes you know, this, this stick or this twig and he, he makes a pattern in it that he wants them to look at. And the, his philosophy was if they will keep looking at it, when they conceive, they will bring that to birth. God just honored his faith, I guess. Because, you know, like I said, scientifically, you can't explain that. But faith did it. But there's such a powerful principle in here. 
If I am looking at something all the time, that's what's going to come out of my life. If I am thinking about something day in and day out, I am going to be producing that in my words, in my actions, in the things I do, in the things I'm... I'm that's, that's the only thing that's going to come out. So then what do you see? What is the, the rod in front of you? Because that is what you are producing. Is it fear? Is it anxieties? Or is it faith? Is it God's word? And is, is it what God has said that is in front of you every single day? When fear hits you, can you look at his word and say, But God said this. Whatever you're going to be looking at is what you're producing. We want to produce faith. Amen. We want to produce what God says. We don't want to produce just the things that are the, the concepts of our own mind and understanding. So what do you look when you see outside? When you, when you look outside, how do you see the people around you? And how do you see the situations you face? We need to look at people the way God sees them. You know, I keep praying this. Uh, I, you know, for anyone, you know, that I interact with, I ask Lord, Lord, I can have my assessments, right? Because, you know, you, we're all really smart, right? We all, we just know how everyone and why everyone does everything that they do, right? So we've got it all worked out. We see someone or we relate to them. We've just got them all figured out, so we think. And we, we relate to them that way. But the Holy Spirit has a whole different, uh, you know, vision about them. And I say, Lord, I want to put your glasses on. I want, I want to uh, see this person the way you see them. I want to see the, the greatness that you see in them. I want to see the glory that you see in them. I don't want to see them with just my eyes. Those people that you're afraid of, you know, those people that you want to run away from, those people that you, you, you wouldn't go near with a 10-foot pole. Can you ask the Lord, Lord, can I see them the way you see them? Can the way that I think about them change? Can I see them differently? The situation you are in right now, you have framed it in a particular way and you've hung it on your, you know, in your living room and you're looking at that every single day. The Holy Spirit says, change the frame. Reframe it. Reframe your life. Reframe how, what you're looking at. You're, you may be thinking it's a mess and it's terrible and it's horrible. God says reframe it. It's a season. It's not a mess, it's a season. You know, the puzzle is a mess before it gets fixed, right? The season is going to pass. And I am going to come through stronger. And I am going to walk through this and I am going to face this head on. And I am going to take God's word. And I am going to see the situation differently. It's a season. Seasons change. This season, I want to learn what God wants me to learn. This season is not going to last forever. And this season prepares me for the next one. If I don't learn what I need to learn now, I'm going to fail the next season as well. Reframe your picture. Reframe it. Get another frame. God says, you know, this, what you, how you say it looks like is not how it really looks like. Amen. How you are saying, just like we sang, you know, when Elisha came out at, and uh, his servant called him and said, Master, the armies of Syria surrounding us. Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes, Lord. Because Elisha, when he went out there, he said, Oh, the armies and the chariots of heaven are surrounding us. He needed to reframe the picture. Amen. Open his eyes, Lord. Why? Because Elisha walked in that dimension where he was seeing Things in the spirit and not in the natural. You know, we, God, we are able to as well with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. 
able to see things the way that the Lord would see them. So what do we look at when we look outside? Psalm 16 verses 8, David says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. In every situation, can you bring the Lord center stage? You know, you go to that uh, government office. Uh, we have good government offices. Let me not say anything there. <laughs> okay. Or you go into that, that tough place. You know, I, I actually thought of, uh, you know, our dear business people here. And uh, can you see Jesus? Yeah, I know it's hard. I know it's not moving. Things are not going anywhere. Uh, I have said the Lord always before me. If the Lord is here, how must I behave? How must I respond? How are things going to change? Every single situation that we go, you know, you're in that, you're in that shop maybe, or the, you know, you're being mistreated somewhere, or you're, you know, the auto driver is saying some, you know, is, is overcharging you, whatever. Uh, the, is, is the Lord always in the picture? David said, I've said the Lord, 10 years he was running away from his leader. Saul was out to kill him for no reason, no fault of his own. He said, I have set the Lord always before me. When he had twice the opportunity to kill Saul, he said, I will not do it. Because I have set the Lord always before me. He's on my right hand. I cannot do this. Amen. Is the Lord in the middle of every challenge that you're going through? Hebrews chapter 12 tells us, Verses 1 and 2. Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Amen? What do we do? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the pioneer, and the perfecter of our faith. we got to fix our eyes. What does it mean to fix? The word fix is a Greek word that has the idea of concentrating your gaze to look away from other things so that you can focus all your attention on one object. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. What do you see when you see when you look around you? At the people around you, can you see Jesus is in this? If you fix your eyes on him, the whole picture looks differently. We are called to keep the Lord always before us. You know, if he's in the periphery of your frame today, the Holy Spirit wants you to refocus. Amen. Put on a new pair of glasses. You know how it is when you, when you don't have glasses and then you put them on. You know, when you don't wear them, you know, everything's blurry and you can't focus. When you put them on, everything's suddenly clear. Amen. And you fix your eyes. You can fix your eyes on on one thing, and the Lord says, fix your eyes on Jesus. Lastly, when you look upward, what do you see? When you look inward, do you see what God sees? When you look outward, do you see what God sees? When you look upward, do you see what God sees? Isaiah chapter 6 and verses 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Uzziah was one of the greatest kings of Israel. Yeah, he was, he was this, uh, you know, golden age king kind of. In his reign, there was so much development and, you know, the, the city was fortified. The armies were built. He came up with all kinds of machinery for them to develop their army and all kinds of stuff Uzziah did. They loved King Uzziah. He fell in the end. He went into, he was so lifted up with pride that he goes into the temple to offer sacrifice. Dies with leprosy, but his reign was glorious. He was a great leader. 
When Uzziah died, Isaiah said, the year he died, I lifted up my eyes and I saw the Lord high and lifted up, still on his throne. Nothing could shake him from there. Nothing has hindered his kingdom. And the train of, you know, Isaiah had seen the train of Uzziah's robe and the glory of Uzziah's kingdom. But when Uzziah died, the heavenly throne was still there. Amen. The train of his robe was filling the temple. Everyone around him was crying, holy, holy, holy. The, just the very voices of them crying holy was shaking the, 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 the temple, the pillars of the temple. The year King Uzziah died, I lifted up my eyes and I saw the Lord high and lifted. What do you see? You lift your eyes. Is it a bronze heaven that you're seeing? You're, is it, are you thinking God is not interested? God doesn't care. He's not listening to anything I'm saying. I don't even know if he's there. Or do you see the Lord high and Yes, it is. It is a hard time maybe that you're going through. But he's still on the throne. High and lifted up. In the book of Ezekiel, first verse, Ezekiel says in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, in the thirtieth year, as I was among the captives by the river Kebar, that the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. I was among the captives. We, we lost everything. We're taken like slaves, being taken into Babylon. I have every reason to be whining and crying and screaming and mourning. But I saw the heavens opened and I saw visions of God. I'm sitting with all the captives, you know, all of us take, being tied up as slaves and taken up. By a river, we just stopped for a break maybe. And he could see the visions of God. Doesn't matter what we're going through. We can still look upward and see heaven. Amen. We can still look up and see the Lord high and lifted up. Is that the image? Do you see that? Or do you just see God is somewhere like, you know, in some other galaxy. He's not even interested in what's happening in my life. Or do you see him high and lifted up in his glory? Very, very interested in who you are and what you're going through very, very engaged in what is happening in your life. We're going to pray this morning. Should we rise up to our feet? We're going to ask the Lord for this spirit of wisdom and revelation. We're going to ask the Lord that the eyes of our understanding will be opened or that the picture we are living with will just get reframed this morning. How we see ourselves on the inside, how we see the world on the outside, how we see the people that are around us, how we see the situations we've been through and how we see God. Lord, refocus. Amen. Put on, Lord, for us this morning. Heavenly glasses, Lord. Heavenly glasses. Put them on, Holy Ghost. Spirit of God, change our vision. Refocus our eyes, O Lord, our spiritual eyes. Refocus them that we can see Jesus, that we can see the King, that we can see Jesus. Oh, we don't have to see him with our natural eyes. You can see him with your spirit eyes. He is beautiful. He is amazing. He is wonderful. The heavens, heavens can't handle his glory. But you can see him face to face, eye to eye. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 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 Let everything else that you've been fixing your eyes on fade away right now in the name of Jesus. Just like the scales that fell off the eyes of Paul. I pray right now in the Spirit, Father, let some spiritual scales fall off 
in the name of Jesus. Oh, let our vision get cleared up, oh God. We want to see as you see, Lord, that family situation, Lord, that is just weighing us down. Oh, give us a new pair of glasses. That difficult parent, that difficult husband or wife, Lord, the difficult father or mother or the difficult child that we may be struggling with and we can't see a way out. Holy Spirit, reframe it for us. Reframe it. He says, I am with you. This is going to make you stronger. This is going to build you up. I have a plan through this. I will guide you on how to walk through this valley. If you will just trust me. If you will just open your eyes and see that my glory can be there with you. You may be a captive at the river of Kebar, but you can lift up your eyes and see the heavens open and see visions of pray for people holy spirit right now they're in such difficult situations lord they're in such challenging times it's just so broken lord holy ghost holy ghost i pray a new perspective lord a new perspective lord help them to see what heaven is seeing lord help them to see what heaven is seeing heaven sees you a champion heaven sees you're victorious heaven sees that there is enough power inside you to walk through this to come out of this valley can you see what heaven is seeing can you agree with what heaven is saying you are not alone the armies of heaven surround you the glory of god is inside you holy ghost reframe our picture lord you think you're alone you think you're alone you think you're alone you're not alone you're not alone he said i will never leave you nor forsake you open our eyes lord to see lord that you are with us all the time every single moment all the time jesus 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 reframe lord reframe reframe our vision reframe our perspective reframe our perspective lord change what we think was true what you thought was true this far you're going to go out you say I, i'm not sure that was that was the whole truth i realize there's more to it than i could see there's more to it than i could understand Holy Spirit I pray for those especially those struggling in your marriages a difficult husband or a difficult wife or a broken relationship and you you don't know what to do the Holy Spirit wants to reframe that he wants to reframe he says I know what you've been going through I know what you've been going through I will give you wisdom for the season it's not over amen it's not over it's not over the holy ghost says I will resurrect what do you say is dead it's not over it's not over they put him in the grave they put him in the tomb and they sealed it and said it is done he's not coming out of there but 3 days later he was up he was out he was in the heavens it's not over till god says it's over it's not over till god says it's over your family situation is not through till god says it's through holy ghost come lord come lord reframe how we've been looking at things reframe how we've been seeing our future some of you just see your future as dark you're like there's no hope there at the end of the tunnel there's no light at the end the holy ghost says if i am with you there's always light there's always light i am your light there's light in your future it doesn't matter how old you are i see light in your future arun i just want to declare over you there's light at the end of the tunnel there's light at the end of your your future is blessed in the name of jesus your future is blessed in the name of jesus lord i just declare that if anyone sees a tunnel with no hope lord you are the god of the resurrection you are the god of the resurrection oh you're going to open up a roadway in the wilderness 
rivers in the desert. Your future is blessed. My future is blessed. Say that. My future is blessed. My future is blessed. My future is blessed. I'm in Jesus. In Jesus, I'm blessed. In Jesus, I'm blessed. In Jesus, I have life. In Jesus, I have hope. In Jesus, I am strong. In Jesus, I will overcome. In Jesus, I will be the head, not the tail. The first, not the last. In Jesus, I have everything that I need. Reframe it, Lord. Reframe it, Lord. Reframe it, Holy Ghost. Reframe what I've been going through. Reframe my pain, Lord. Reframe my pain, Lord. Reframe it, Holy Ghost. New perspective. New perspective. New vision. New vision, Lord. Holy Spirit, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We want to live out of the truth of your word. Let that be our reality, Lord. Let that be our reality. Whatever is against your word, we want to reject it. Because your word is true, Lord. Your word is true. Whether I see it or not, it is true. Whether it comes to pass or not, it is true. I will stand, Lord, in your word and in your promise. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for lifting us up into another season, into another dimension in the spirit, Lord. The eyes of our understanding open up in the name of Jesus. The spirit of wisdom and revelation pour it out upon your church, Lord. Visions and dreams, Lord. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams in the name of Jesus. Spirit eyes open up to be able to see what's happening in the spiritual. Oh, we're not just limited by the natural. Open our spirit eyes, Lord. Let us see what's happening in the spirit realm. Let us see angelic hosts that surround us, Lord. Let us see, Lord, the glory of God that is upon us and over us, Lord. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, we ask for it, Lord. Lord, fill us with that spirit, Lord. Fill us with that spirit of wisdom and revelation. The eyes of our understanding open up in the name of Jesus. The eyes of our understanding open up. I want to see what heaven is seeing. I want to see what heaven is seeing. I want to see what heaven is seeing. I want to see what heaven sees. Eyes of my understanding open up. Open up. Open up in the name of Jesus. Open up in the name of Jesus. Open up, Lord. Open up, open up, open up. Pour it out, Lord. Upon your people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, from today on, we want to see things differently, Lord. Differently, differently. We're going to see things differently. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you glory for what you are doing. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to this sermon. For more sermons, please do visit us at wicc.in.